0: Hey friend, is there anything more awkward or sometimes a little odd than a middle school age child? And I mean that in the most loving way ever, because if you're listening to this and you have children, you have gone through that season, that stage of life. So we've all been there and anybody who's not there will be there as well. But you watch this sweet child that was a little baby and a toddler and a preschooler and then like the elementary, like the young kid years And they get to the tween and early teen years and you're like, they're weird. (laughs) They're all weird to a degree. And oh my goodness, when I bring my kiddo to youth group and middle school is there as well. Okay, maybe this is an opinion that maybe others don't, uh, don't share, but like middle school and high school youth group, if possible in the church, if you have the resources, make them separate. Because I have had kiddos who in the... Um, high school years don't necessarily want to go because it's together mixed with the middle school and they're like a 17 year old is like I can't handle the 13 year olds and okay that's just a rabbit trail and maybe some people don't share the same opinion but when I go to youth group and I see the middle schoolers they are just they're insane they're so high on life and (laughs) it's just crazy you know exactly what I'm talking about but during those years we're gonna say middle school so some people say like sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And so it's kind of like the tween, late tween, early teen years. So that's what I'm going to talk about today because the late teen years, I'll go do another episode about that, is very different than from these younger years. And during these younger years, the middle school years, they become, they start to become themselves. They're feeling things out. They say things that you look at them and you're like, what? Well, it's because they're waiting to see a reaction. Can they say such things? is that okay? Is that going to be all right for them to say? And you're like, wow, okay, they're starting to come into their own. How do we connect with them during this transition? That's what we're going to dive into right now. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. During the tween and the early teen years, kiddos are going through puberty. Now, I know that for boys, it's a little bit later than for girls. So there's kind of like the girls are almost a little bit, you know, they're kind of done with the main Huge changes that are beginning, and then the boys kind of start a bit. So they're going through puberty. There's changes in their body, there's hormones, their brain is thinking things differently. They're testing their limits, they're awkward, they're growing. I swear sometimes my kids would come down the stairs and I'm like, Did you literally grow a couple of inches in your sleep last night? Now I know you're a little bit taller, like that's your tallest point is early in the morning. I'm like, Wow. And I'm like, Wait a minute we need new shoes again. Didn't we just buy new shoes like five, six months ago and, and like their feet like get huge and you're like wearing these clown shoes and there's just a lot going on, right? Okay. We're going to talk about how to bond with your homeschool, middle school age kiddo. How do we do that in motherhood? Now, if you want to head back to episode 82 if you have kiddos that are in the elementary year ages, uh, that episode 82 is going to give you some ideas on how to bond with them. But today we're going to focus on the middle school age, so like the tween, early teen years. And I've got 10 ideas here for you. So I want you to just scribble them down, get a piece of paper, get your homeschool mom notebook out, write these down and see how they fit into your life. You might have other ideas, you might be doing some of these already, but just really want you to... I'm doing this episode to encourage you to be intentional and not just to let their awkwardness or these weird years or just this kind of in between. They're not quite fully, you don't feel like they're a teen, even if they're 13, 14. Some of them might be younger, a little bit more immature in their mind, and that's okay. So we have to remember that kids all have their own path and their own growing up and their own maturity. Some kids I have found with my youngest, he has grown up and matured a lot sooner and a lot faster because he has a big brother that he's doing things with that he's looking up to. And he just kind of gets pulled into the fold of things. So recognize that kids are just going to kind of have some. So the tips from the elementary age in 80 to episode 82 might be applicable to your tween or young teen. And some of these, and none of them are necessarily like you have to do during these years. So understand there's a blending of them as well. So if you listen to both episodes, you have 20 ideas. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive into the 10 ideas here for the middle school age uh, homeschool kiddos. The first one is to create a tradition, something between just you and them that makes them feel special. Like you guys have like a little bit of an in sort of thing. And this is something that mom can do, dad can do. It could be something that mom and dad with one kiddo have, maybe have a secret handshake or a special greeting or it could be something simple like that, or it could be something like, on the first Saturday of every month, I take you out to breakfast, or Dad, or one of us takes you out to breakfast, or we all go out to breakfast, the you know, mom, dad, and the kiddo. But it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't even have to be anything expensive. It could be just make something up or ask them what they want to do, or start doing something and see what sticks. When we create a tradition with our family in general, or when we do it with one child, Especially during these years when there's just a lot of kind of tumultuous stuff going on within them, physically and emotionally and mentally. Having some type of tradition helps them feel secure in their life when so many changes are going on. They could know, so, say you have a breakfast date, they could know on every Saturday, first Saturday of every month, I always get mom to myself for two hours. We do this. It is a safe time, a safe space. Maybe they'll start to open up and talk to you about some things. Or maybe it's just knowing we have this. Mom is, in general, you're homeschooling, so they know mom is there. Mom is here for me. But just having that time set aside. So some type of tradition, create with them. Number two, read a book together Or get two copies of a book or you read the one, you could share one copy and put different bookmarks in it, but read a book together, whether you're doing that reading aloud together or at separate times so that afterwards you can discuss that book. How fun would that be? It's just like a secret book that you and I are going to read and we're going to talk about it. We could talk about it during as well. Hey, did you get to the part of this? No, don't tell me what's going on. And so you kind of have a little bit of a secret thing kind of going on. Now there's a bonus if this book has a movie and then you watch the movie together. That would be a lot of fun, right? And kids would enjoy that. And then you have to ask the question afterwards, which was better, the book or the movie? <laughs> Number three, volunteer together. Do something side by side. Now, this is where a huge difference comes with girls and boys. Most girls, we're not going to say all, but most have a lot of verbal abilities, we'll say. They can speak a lot. They can tell you a lot of how they're feeling. When it comes to boys, and this can come with mom and boy or dad and boy. So if you think in general, when men get together or boys get together Older boys, tw- teens, and and above, mostly I notice this, is that it's better for them to do something side by side, working on a project together. So it doesn't mean that they are shoulder. So the saying is shoulder to shoulder. Not that they have to be touching shoulders, but they're not looking into each other's eyes. Whereas girls get together and we're like, Ooh, and we're like sitting across the table, like a small table with coffee and looking at each other and talking. That's not what tween, teen, or <laughs> older young adult men, that's not what they want. It is better to do something side by side to so be doing something physically doesn't have to be anything that's crazy exertion, you know, carrying, you know, barrels of 50, ton ton bar- uh, 50 pound barrels of something. It doesn't have to be that bonus if you can do something like that. And they think it's fun, <laughs> but just doing something side by side, volunteering and that they know you're there. They feel your presence. They know you're there. And oftentimes this gets them to open up and talk a little bit because there isn't that eye to eye contact which I'm not saying you don't have that, but they just feel more comfortable. As a complete aside, my boys have really opened up and we have taken uh, either a trip or we're just driving at night. It's dark and they're sitting in the passenger seat and we're not looking at each other. I'm driving, so I definitely can't be looking at them. And they have opened up a lot. So that's kind of a, you know, if you have to run an errand in the evening, be like, hey, do you want to (laughs) come? So number four here. Create fun get-togethers with their friends, whether they have one really good friend or maybe it's cousins that they really enjoy time with or a couple of good friends. Create something fun that they can do together. Maybe it's just having them over and cooking some hot dogs and making some s'mores over a campfire in your backyard. Do something that is your house or something on your terms. Maybe it is your terms and you take them to laser tag and this is something that's okay with you Is experience and activity that you are okay with. But when we create times that our kids can get together and bond with their friends, they really appreciate that. And the bonus is when we do it on our terms, we know that it's a safe environment. It's someplace that we are okay with them being and doing, and we're right there chaperoning it. Number six, find out something that they are interested in. Now, when they get to the tween teen years, now younger years, they're interested in a lot of things, but Really, their interest, they want to know more about something. So, whether it's a topic, whether it's something like coding, or they're really into horses, or sewing and creating their own clothing, or they're into fishing, whatever that is, whatever you see that they have a main interest in them in something, teach them how to do that. Now, you're like, Oh, I'm not a good fisher. <laughs> Find somebody who can and maybe even a bonus is that say you have a kiddo that wants to become a wants to learn how to fly fish or you have a kiddo who wants to learn how to sew and neither of those things are things that you know well maybe find someone who can teach you and teach both of you that way you're actually doing an activity together but sometimes that's not always possible but just a way of bonding is is finding something that they want to do and you connecting them with somebody to do that So I mentioned the horseback riding thing. My daughter was really into horseback riding and just didn't have, we just didn't have the resources, the funds to do that. And I was able to find somebody who had, had a horse. It was like connection through a family and a family and this is a long story, but found somebody who wanted, who really wanted to teach somebody how to ride a horse and also wanted her horse to have the more experience with a younger unexperienced rider and going through that process. So it was kind of a win-win. And the way we kind of bonded was, you know, me driving her to that. And then I would stay and watch and we would talk about it. And she was just so thankful that I carved out one weekend, one week, one afternoon, sorry, one afternoon, like every other week. And that's what we would go and do. A lot of times when it comes to these types of activities, kids become interested in it and then they dive into it a bit more. And sometimes it's something that lasts a lot longer, but sometimes it lasts a few months, a few years, then they find something else. But it's really good for them to have that opportunity to explore that more deeply Otherwise, in the back of their mind, you know, my daughter would be like, I really like horses and be thinking maybe that's something I could have done. But she did it for a few years, enjoyed it. She could easily go horseback riding now, but it's not something she wanted to pursue long term because we kind of got that out of her system a little bit, but didn't know, was willing to pursue it more long term. So do a little bit of sleuthing, figure out an interest they have and make that happen. Number six here, I think, did I lose track? I think I skipped one. I skipped over. I flipped them. It doesn't matter. I think we're at number six. (laughs) After this, we have four more. (laughs) Do something unexpected for them. Come up with something unexpected or say yes sometime. Unexpectedly say yes to them when they ask if they could do something. Surprise yourself even. If they ask to do something and you've been saying no, no, no for weeks or months or maybe years, one day say Yes and go and do it. Surprise yourself even, go and do it. Or come up with something unexpected that you know that they would enjoy doing, and set that up, and go and do it. Do it together. That's how you bond. All right, next one, number seven. Do a Bible study together. Ooh, you can really dive in deep and hear their heart, and it's a good way of directing the conversation around biblical truth, and you can, it's Instead of a way of like standing there telling them, you know, you thou shalt not lie because of this, you can really dive into a Bible story and see the outcome that lying has. You could read a story in the Bible and say, "Wow, okay, this is why we shouldn't lie because it can lead to that." And then you're able to talk in everyday kind of context. You could share stories, so things like that, some character traits that you want to work on with them. Doing it through a Bible study and reading a story of somebody other than them instead of telling them what they're doing wrong they'll be able to see it from the outside so do a bible study together there's some great ones out there you can find something that would fit like a mother or daughter a mother or son you can even just pull out the bible read some stories find out uh, pick a pick a book of the bible maybe ask them what book they would like to read and go ahead and do that they, if they're interested in it especially if they pick it then chances are much higher that they'll be into it as well while you're continuing and doing this. So that can be like a tradition as well, going back to number one. You could say every Monday evening from 7 to 8 p.m. is mom and daughter uh, Bible study time. We're going to meet in your room and maybe have a couple of snacks. And you can do that for a few weeks, a few months, whatever time frame you're kind of looking at. Now, I did mention bedtime, so this pulls in perfectly to number eight. Mama, I know that they might be 12, 13, 14, and they think they're so old, but I want you to continue to tuck them into bed at night, okay? It might feel a little awkward, especially as they get older, and I'm going to let you in on a secret. I still go in and say goodnight to my kids, and I have an almost 18-year-old here, And it's nothing that I force. I don't make him. I don't say I have to come in here, but I'll kind of peek my head in and say, head to bed now. And, you know, we have times of, you know, this is lights out because I'm particular about that. I know how sleep really affects them and I want them to be performing at their optimal pace. They do a lot of physical stuff during the day. So don't, don't forsake the putting them to bed. Go on in and just kind of in your own way. It doesn't have to be anything long and drawn out. And when I'm saying tuck in, it doesn't mean that you're putting the blankets around them. Maybe some kids might not mind that. They might like that. Do what it is. Take the, Let them take the lead on this. Pray with them. Give them a kiss good night. Maybe on the forehead if they're not into anything else. <laughs> or at least give them a squeeze of the hand or something. But continue to take that time to connect. Just that one last connection with them before they go to bed. Number nine. Now, I don't know where your family stands as far as phones and technology with your kiddos, but whether they have a phone, whether they have an actual, maybe iPhone, or they have something like a Gab phone, or they don't have a phone, don't have access to technology, whatever the situation is, that's what you've decided to do. But I want you, mom, to be a good role model when it comes to teaching them how to manage having a phone and having technology. So showing them boundaries. So what I want you to do here in number nine is I want you to teach them some phone and technology boundaries by modeling. You can tell tweens and teens till you're blue in the face, how you want them to handle this, but they're going to watch you and they're going to imitate you. If they can see, look, mom is content and peaceful in her life and she's not on her phone all the time. Even if they become a little bit too obsessed with some things, they're going to remember that back when they are, when they're, when they're older, they'll remember this time and how you handled it. So, how, what does this have to do with bonding? Putting down the phone, having times that it's not even on or around anywhere you are. Now, I've listened to, you know, some things and other podcasts or read things and talking about phones and boundaries and and. I understand where some are coming from and they have young children. And I was listening to one and I was like, wow, that's really great. And felt like convicted about not having my phone around as much. But then I had to realize that this person has young children and I have older teens who are out and about. And so not having my phone on at all could end up in a dangerous situation where they're they're in need of me and are unable to reach me. So we have to kind of balance that with things um if it's not possible to have your phone completely turned off because you have a husband who needs to reach you or family members or older kiddos, that's understandable. Show them how to live life with managing a phone and to access to technology, but without it owning and directing your life. All right, number 10, last one here. Mama, I want you to really enjoy your time together with them. They know when you're faking it, when you're pretending to have a good time. Now, maybe you're tired and you want to make sure you get some good sleep. Go ahead and do that. There can be times where we're maybe not on our A game, but when you are with them, I want you to really make that eye contact that you can. Boys might kind of avert it a little bit. That's okay. They'll grow into it, but really enjoy the time together. This is a fun time where they kind of start gaining a sense of humor and you can laugh about things and you can talk about things with them that you would not have talked about when they were eight years old and now they're 13 years old. But enjoy that time that you do have together. They're going to start to spread their wings here in a few years, a bit more, but they know if you're faking it and you're pretending, it's, it's fun, it's awkward, it's weird to watch them come into their own, say things. Sometimes I'm like, Really? Okay, (laughs) like it didn't need to be said, just that they know if you enjoy them as a person. And when they know that you enjoy them as a person, they will be much more willing to come to you with things. And as they get older and the years go by, the things are going to get bigger. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay, mama, I hope these 10 tips and ways of bonding with your middle school age kiddos are just going to have at least one or two you're going to do. I would love to hear about which of these ideas are ones that maybe you already do or ones that you plan to do or in a few months even contact me and let me know how things have gone. But you can do that. The best way to do that is in through the Facebook group. There is a link down in the show notes. Go ahead and join the Facebook group if you have not and and post something. Say, hey, I really like this idea. This is what we did. Or you can take a picture and post that and say, this is the tradition we've come up with, or this is where we went and volunteered. I'd love to hear about that. So you can join the Facebook group down in the link in the show notes. I hope you are having an amazing day and we'll see you right back here on the podcast in just a couple more days.